later in their 50s are like, you're never going to know what you're doing. You're never like, there's always something that's going to hit you and life's going to hit you with eight balls. Like it is. It's just like that you don't, they're never going to have a plan. And if you have a plan, it's going to change. Well, hey there. I'm just putting the finishing touches on this week's episode of the Talk to People podcast. My name's Chris Miller. And if you're new here, let me just say this whole podcast is dedicating towards building your social fitness and helping you grow a better social circle. We believe that one of the most overlooked aspects of a healthy life is social connectedness. And this is something that we can change. So we talk about it. This week's episode features a friend of mine, Kristen Kalinka. Now, let's go to the book to see what all we discussed. You can expect to hear the art of being a long distance friend. This is perfect stuff because the world's become so mobile and transient. How to make friends at work. Great how to navigate friend breakups, and what to do if you feel like you're growing apart from your friends, how to deal with self-comparison, and what if we're freaking out about our life plans and we don't know what we're doing. All of these things are applicable, and we wanted to focus on friendship because we all have friends. Kristen is a great long-distance friend. Once you move away, that doesn't mean you have to stop being friends. So without further ado, thank you for listening to the Talk to People podcast, and I hope you enjoy this episode. So you're officially live. Yay! Yeah, welcome to the dining room studio. Thanks, Chris, so much for having me. I've honestly, it was such an honor when you asked me. Um, you know, I've been listening since day one. And when Annie told me you're starting a podcast, I was so excited. Um, but if anyone listens and everyone's new here, everyone, every time I listen to an episode, I always get at least one thing out of it. So oh. hopefully today is the one can get something out of this. But thanks so much. It's an honor to be here. Of course, you have been a heavily requested guest by previous guests and by listeners. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, as I've gone more into this, I've learned the creator needs to think about the audience. And if my audience is saying, we want her, we want her, then I need to make sure I get her. So And you, it worked out. Yeah, and your rate wasn't too high. I mean, it did put us two years behind in our savings, but I think you're worth it. So, Thanks, Chris. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Who's been your favorite guest? What's your favorite episode so far? Ooh, I think Dr. Hall. Uh-huh. He was one of your first guests. Yeah. And he um, is an Andy's connection, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, he had... There was something he said in there, I think towards the end of the podcast about being like always continue showing up. Yes. And I think I read like immediately I was like resonated with that. So that was one of my favorites. I love when you and Annie come on together. Mm-hmm. It's so fun. The energy. <laughs> it's It's been really cool. Jeff Hall. He's the guy who I want to be when I eat my academic vegetables. Like I hope one day I can get to the point where I'm able to navigate this concept of social connectedness and mm-hmm. the importance of relationships the way he can, because I'll listen to his podcasts. He'll be a guest on some big podcast or go get interviewed by the Washington Journal. And it's like, oh my gosh, that's what I want to be able to say. So oftentimes Mm -hmm. I'll regurgitate some of the stuff he's saying because it's so good. And what I've been learning is it's okay to copy as long as you maintain your, like your personality. Totally. Like don't try to be someone you're not, but if somebody's doing something really well, then it's okay to, it's like copying Michael Jordan's jump shot. It works for mm-hmm. a reason. Yeah, 100%. You know what I mean? Always stay true to yourself. Stay mm-hmm. true. And one of the things I heard, one of the reasons why people are so excited for you to be a guest on the podcast 
is what they've coined you is one of the best long distance friends. Oh, that's so, that's an honor to have that. What do you think about that? Um, it's, I mean, I think moving, I moved away, uh, post-grad like 2018 after. Yeah. So I've always lived in my hometown and so I was always close by. Um, but I think when I finally moved away and I moved to Boston, I just think I try to make a very mental note that just keeping up with friends and it's like, you know what I mean? I don't know. And it just became a great habit. But I think in college, like all, cause I stayed home in my hometown. I went to um, like a small liberal arts college, literally a mile down from my parents' house. And I think I always try to make an effort to, you know, go and see Mia and Annie when they were in Kansas. Um, Try to do that once a year. But I think when I finally was in the hot seat, when I moved away, I think maybe I was, I don't know, maybe homesick. I never thought I was, but I just made, made effort. I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah, totally. <laughs> My roommates actually would laugh. They're like, you're always on the phone. <laughs> you're always, not in a mean way, but they were yeah, so always yeah. like, and I was, you know, catching up. I also have um, three other sisters. So yeah, I'm one of five. So then I have my older brother, my sisters. I talk to my, I would talk to my mom all the time. Um, so I talked to a lot. I don't know. It, 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 I try, I try my best. I think as life gets, that was four years ago when I moved, almost five. And I think I'm realizing more and more as more things start coming up, it's just life gets in the way and it's hard. So it's like I'm really trying to make an effort keeping up with friendships and every friend though is different. Yeah. Every friendship's different. Yeah. Every friend is different. One of the guests we had on Dr. Amri Galat, did you listen to that one? He was Israeli. He was a professor of social psychology, but he talked about relational disposability, which is whenever we view relationships like any tangible good and we'll look at them and be like, Oh, we can just replace that. So all the relationships I have and, Kenosha, Wisconsin, or in Lawrence, Kansas, when I move, I'll just get new ones. Mm. But the thing is, is it's actually way harder to like rebuild friendships, especially if they're deep relationships. So when people move away, it's like they have to start over. So one of the things that I was excited to talk to you about is particularly with long distance friendship, like how could people become better long distance friends because sometimes moving doesn't always mean the end of a friendship. Never. Yeah. Did you ever f- fear that to be the case? Never. I'm very blessed with my friends. I grew up with the most amazing people in my life. Like, I don't know. I don't, I, from, you know, I have a couple of people from grade school that I'm still like transitioned into those high school friends, uh, middle school, high school. And I know they say sometimes when you graduate high school, especially, you know, and as you get older, sometimes your friends start trickling off and some of those friendships. But our group was very, a really great group of people. I mean, I think I recently was talking to, I forget, just an acquaintance. Yeah. And they were asking specifically about all these of our high school friends that are in this group. And I was just listing off like, oh my gosh, this person's doing great. And blah, blah, blah. like, and it was, it made me really emotional because I was like, I'm surrounded by the most amazing women and people in my life and that I just can't I mean it's a blessing and it's awesome that when you're older as we get older and you grow and evolve that your friendships are growing and evolving but you could still you're still friends with that person Mm -hmm. but it's grown and evolved and then Mm -hmm. you can still like 
you still have things in common. It's fun. So you moved away mm -hmm. and I moved away. I went to North Carolina for a few years and I remember there being moments of feeling homesick. And I know you had mentioned it earlier. You're like, yeah, I think I was kind of homesick. And in the moment, it's kind of hard to determine that we're feeling homesickness. Mm -hmm. It's like, we'll feel sad or we'll feel like not as excited about what's going on or we'll feel overwhelmed. That's a really big deal. You're in a new town and you feel overwhelmed. Oftentimes it's because you don't have that social support and then you begin to miss the one that you did have. So you were really good at reaching out to people whenever they moved away. Mm -hmm. So whenever you moved away, was there ever a moment where you're like, man, I wish more people reached out to me mm -hmm. because I know that I reached out to so many people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely had those thoughts, but I think it was actually Mia's mom. I, I vented to her about this and she was like, yeah, but I think people also expect you to do, they, that's just their expectations and they're kind of like oh well, i know i'm gonna you know catch up with her so i try not to take it personally because again life just it's so busy i mean the weeks are going by the days are going by i mean we're already halfway through summer and it's just like i try i think what i try to do now is i try not to expect that from other people i just continue to show up and be the friend that i you know can be mm -hmm. and again every friendship is different i talk to mia Mm -hmm. Like almost like weekly all the time, you know, me and Annie are definitely like honorary sisters in my book. And then I have um, a really close friend, Marissa, shout out to Marissa, uh, one of my day ones. And, you know, maybe we catch up like every other month or every month, but every time we catch up and every time we see each other, it's like no time has passed. But again, I think having those being blessed with those deep friendships that I have, it's, it's like, you don't have to, your social battery is actually, you're gaining, you're cup is being filled when you see them it's not like your your cup's being drained at least from my understanding yeah, yeah. it's fulfilling yeah and rewarding and i think it's because it's like you do have those really deep connections and they know who you are you know who they are they've seen all different kind of stages of the person you've already you know definitely not the same person since middle school high school college you know and as so you're supposed to evolve you're supposed to grow yeah, praise i'm the still Lord. growing you know <laughs> yeah, you i'll are. always keep growing we're growing right now yeah and this is awesome yeah and you are particularly growing because this is completely new to you mm -hmm. right like sitting down and being on a podcast this is really new were you yeah. feeling nervous yeah but i i i think i told you this earlier that i'm like you have the gift of making people feel very very comfortable and you're very attentive and just you know yeah, i feel good i mean i think i was getting a little nervous but sure and my my angle is that you should get nervous and we all should get nervous. I get nervous before this mm -hmm. and I've done getting to the point to where I've done plenty, but still being here and being under the camera and under the lights yet at the same time, it's like this, what we have going on. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel for people who are like, I don't want to talk to people because of the nerves because I don't know what's going to happen and there's so much uncertainty there. I feel that whenever I'm sitting down doing a podcast, I don't know if I'm going to be sound super witty or be super smart or mm -hmm. say the right thing or smile at the right time. And I have to turn that analytical thing off and tell myself, what could I learn from Crisco? Because I know I can learn a lot. Mm -hmm. So that being said, how do I get to the point to wherever I'm actively learning? And I would suggest people to have that same approach whenever they're going out to the world. 
wanting to talk to people. It's like, mm. what could you learn? That's always one of the best places to be. They call it intellectual humility, seeing the people around you as individuals who could intellectually contribute to you mm-hmm. and to not like being da, 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 like I'm better than everybody, you know? Right. Yeah. What I was also thinking too is like, you just got to be true to who you are. And then that's the, I think that's also how friendships also are formed when you can just be you. And if those people are supposed to click and you click with them and they, you know, and it may, reminds me of the, one of your guests. I don't remember. It was the snack. Yeah. Keontae. Keontae. Uh-huh. How he said, how he just practiced talking practice talking to strangers (laughs) and now he's just like yeah like that's and i'm like see like every time i listen to an episode i get something if not more out of it you know one thing at least and that's definitely from that episode i got something out of that you're really good at being yourself would you say so yeah sometimes i think i'm to myself like and i it's like a hand foot in the mouth like i'm like oh my god you know just stop talking um but i'm trying to learn to be more slow down sometimes like think before i say Cause I've had a tendency my life to just ramble. And then afterwards, like my mom would be like, oh, why did you say that? Like, why did you say that? You know what I mean? Cause you would get yourself in trouble. Yeah. Or just like, you say something you're not supposed to say. And you're like, Oh, why did you not say that? It's like, <laughs> yeah. think before you say, so that's, you know, respond, don't react. Yes, you know? totally. So. But being yourself can be hard. And there can be moments wherever people feel like we can't be ourselves mm-hmm. because they'll be like, you're so over the top or you're annoying or I feel like you just need to chill out. Mm-hmm. And I've had people say things like that to me or it'll be on the other side of the house. Like you're too calm. I remember I was driving once and this one person cut me off and I was just like, and kept going. And the person sitting next to me was like, oh my gosh, I do not know how you didn't blow up on that person. Mm. Like I would have blown up on that person. And to me, I wasn't even thinking about it. I was like, all right, he's in front of me. Okay, I've got to make sure I don't hit him. All right, we're going to keep going. But they couldn't process. So since we're wired differently, sometimes people will be like, hey, quit being like that, which is uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but also there's tendencies where I need that feedback. So my sisters are very well, really good at this. Mm. And something I'm very, that's also shaped me into someone I am. Um, You know, our families always just like hold each other accountable. And so again, if you, if we handle situations that maybe we shouldn't have, it's just maybe saying in a respectful manner. And I have to do the same when I say to my sisters, um, like, oh, maybe we should handle that differently. But I think relatively as we get older, we're not necessarily getting too much of that feedback, but it's some feedback sometimes good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like for me, some of my feedback my sister gives me, sisters. So I need to be more of an active listener. Oh, wow. Yeah. So something I'm really mindfully trying to check myself on. Um, but everyone needs to work on things. Everyone. No one's perfect. And I think that's like, again, people should hold each other accountable in a respectful manner. And I think... Again, I'm the person I am because of the people I've surrounded myself with, my family, my parents, sisters, everything. You know. How do you improve active listening? Okay, well, one, not looking at my phone when people are talking to me. So that's a big one, being more present. Again, I definitely have to be looking each other in the eye. So, I have the, And then working from home, that's a, that's a skill I ended up losing. 
So I have to mindfully, I go in the office now once a week into Chicago and I really have to be like making sure I'm getting now that skill back. But like when you're working from home and just looking at people on screen and you're actually looking more at yourself and not <laughs> at them. Yeah, you, you do know? that too? Oh yeah. 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 It's so funny. I will put the screen of where I am Near the nearest camera. to the camera. Yeah, I know. I do that too. I do that too. Yeah. Because I find myself looking at myself the whole time I'm talking. Yeah. It's the funniest thing. And it's not even our, like, it's the camera and the projection that the camera's producing. Mm-hmm. But we're talking to this person who we know, who we could be incredibly fascinated by, yet we look at the little tiny box of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Even for FaceTime, if you double. Oh, I know. <laughs> so anyway that's another thing okay like not looking at my phone like being more present yeah. um listening while they're talking and not thinking okay what am i gonna say next and actually like they'll just say like listen to me that's all this is just like just listen you know and i i have to be very i have to be better at that um and i'm working so they're gonna be listening to this and be like probably roll their eyes and laugh but i mindfully I'm trying to be a better listener. That's great. So again, something I need to work on. I that yeah, been always been working on. So yeah, yeah. So that's what you're working on. What's kind of like your superpowers? Ooh, I one of my strengths is actually relationship building. Um, so at work we do an assessment called like like the Clifton Strengths. Yeah, and. So my theme that I lead with within my top 10 strengths is all relationship building, the six through 10. No yeah. way. So that's what I lead with. And that 100% makes sense. What's your number one? My number one is um, consistency, mm-hmm. which I'm very routine, but I also have my creativity side that ends up ugh, like I get so much now into a routine sometimes then then I'll get into a creative rut. So, so I need to like find that balance of like being a little bit more free flowing and, but also like I, I'm a, I'm a list girl. I'm checking things off. I got my list on my computer, I have it on my, on my planner, sticky notes. It's like, you know, I need that. But then sometimes I find that week go on and I'm working on a project and I'm like, oh, you know, I'm in a creative rut. So consistency. What's your number two? Is it communication? It's either communication or discipline. Wow, that's a good mix-up. Consistency, context, communication, and discipline. Yeah, and then activator is in my five, top five. And then like from six through 10, it's like positivity, empathy. Are they anyway, all in relationship building? My six through 10 are. Are your six through 10? Yeah, so okay. like within the Clifton strengths, it's 34 strengths. Right, and then there's subcategories with the... Yeah, like know. it has like, a th- was it five themes? It's like strategic thinking, influencing. Yeah, so... My superpower is definitely making people feel welcome, I feel, I mm-hmm. hope at least. Mm-hmm. And I think that also goes into just, I think I've always just been myself. And, you know, there's times as a kid, I would maybe a little to myself, but I've, I've grown into a totally different person. At least I think I am not that little girl on the tennis court throwing a racket at the net and screaming. And so <laughs> I hope I, I'm a little bit. Because you were competitive. Yeah, I was so hard on myself and like, you know. Self-critical. Yeah, just making a scene clearly, so. Speaking of the Clifton strengths, guess what my number one is? Or 
man, I need to take it again. I haven't taken it in years. But back then, guess what my number one was? There's so many, There's though. There's so many. Yeah. Um, I it only was have... in relationship building, though. I'm pretty sure it was positivity. Okay. I can and see that. I had positivity. Do you know connectedness? Mm-hmm. Do you know what that means in Clifton Strengths? Because that was one of my strengths. Um, I would have to have the, my, my cheat sheet pulled up in front of me. Yeah. I'm, one thing that my agency is doing really well at is like really trying to people have understand their strengths. Mm-hmm. And like, so I'm really trying to understand at least my top. But mm-hmm. then our weekly suggestions or challenges like for say like last week it was like i challenge you to like ask a colleague or ask someone about their strengths and have them talk about it because the more you start understanding your strengths so that's something i should be working on yeah your strengths because belief connectedness positivity and then one strength i always wanted to have i was kind of envious was woo Oh, I think that's one of my low ones. Yeah. <laughs> Winning others over. Yeah. I feel I like I need to double check that. Unless it's in my 15, I can't. Anything that's like past my 10, I haven't memorized. Yeah. So I should look at that. But relationship building is your superpower. Relationship building is my superpower. I think making people feel like I think maybe to backtrack when I said maybe I'm a little too myself, maybe that's why people feel comfortable around me because then I can just, when I'm spitballing things and then. You know, people claim, some people say I'm funny, but then I think I have my sisters who are like, you're not funny. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, just, you're being an, you know, um, you're being an idiot or what they all say. But to people who aren't your sisters. Yeah. I mean, people laugh. I don't know. But I think sometimes it just say things and then I'm like, oh, I didn't realize that came off funny. Also, I'm sure my facial expressions, I don't know if they're maybe under control right now, but say yes. Say (laughs) yes, right? Whenever you say yes, your eyes go up. If if you're wanting, you smize when you say yes. Mm. Hey, um, I first heard about the smize on um, America's Top Model, Tyra Banks, smize. I've been watching this woman on TikTok. I mentioned to you a little bit, but she does poses. Oh, yeah. She's a posing coach. So she'll have all of these videos, what to do in this, what to do in that, what to do in this. And you know how Barbie is a big thing right now? Mm-hmm. And Margot Robbie is doing all of the, like they dumped $300 million into marketing Barbie. Wow. So they have hundreds of brand partnerships, but they're doing a lot of those big red carpet events. And she goes down and breaks down all of the Margot Robbie, Robbie pauses and all of this poses mm-hmm. and it's fascinating. There's a whole science behind it. Like what to do with your shoulders and your head and you look this way and you look mm-hmm. that way. But I've been watching that just generally cause I'm curious. And then also because I wonder if it could help me at all, like on the camera. It's wild. The stuff that people can get paid for. Cause she's getting, this is full time, full time creator. Everybody's so interested in it. How do you make people feel more welcome? Because it's a superpower of yours. It's a superpower. So I need to At least I the... hope so. I no, hope people totally. feel. And you, I ask this question, it's really vague. But one of the things I've learned is like ask vague questions because you get to take it wherever you want. Yeah. And then the other thing is, it's, you've, you've already answered it. Like you yourself. Mm-hmm. I was going to say too, I'm a hugger. So maybe that breaks sometimes, sometimes not, but then again, I, maybe it's like reading the room. I mean, 
I will say I could be a little shy, not shy, but maybe I have a wall up when I first meet people. But once I start feeling comfortable and then maybe I say something and someone laughs and then maybe if I'm just being my Crisco myself, um, but I'm a hugger. I feel like, I don't know, just being myself, just looking at people and I don't know. I, I, it's come, I've come a long way, but I think I also, it's who I surround myself with. Like my friends are very welcoming. All my, actually, all my friends are very welcoming. And I surround myself with people that have made me a better person. And I've seen that. Which know? is a big achievement. It's huge. That's what I'm saying. It's such a blessing to have everyone in my life. I have very deep friendships from, thir- from seventh grade. Even actually, I one of my friends that I've reconnected with, that we've always been friends, but my oldest friend, we've been friends since uh, preschool and we share the same first cousins. But she re- also lives back in Wisconsin. So when I moved back, we've been hanging out a lot and it's just so fun. And it, I, we always laugh. I'm like, we're each other's oldest friends besides our sisters. But um, I have very deep friendships that just make me, that they've always made me feel comfortable and... I don't know. And like even my friendships I later in life, like in Boston, all my friends I met in Boston, all of my friends I met are actually whether people I live with, so my roommates, um, or everyone I met through work. Mm-hmm. And I'm very grateful for that because that's hard to come by, especially it's making hard making friends as an adult. Um, but all my friends have always were super inclusive, especially mm-hmm. me moving out there mm-hmm. and not really knowing. Besides like my roommates were great. They were very inclusive and like making me feel welcome. But I think when it comes to answer the question, going back, my superpower, I think just making sure people feel welcome and myself and inclusive and comfortable. Yeah. Do you, do you have many work friends? Yeah. Actually, a lot of my friends have left. It's a little sad, but like that's life, you know. To different companies? Yeah. And they have, they're doing awesome in their careers, but I still like have friends with them, you know, the agency and, but I got really, we had a really good core group uh, right before COVID. Yeah. Then we all started kind of like hanging out. We're around the same age. And um, yeah, we would, I don't know, go out. That's kind of how we started like becoming really good friends. And then COVID hit. And so we did all go out right on Thursday nights. Thursday nights was like kind of our thing because everyone worked from home on Fridays. This is pre-COVID. And so, you know, it's kind of hard to kind of get to know someone really deep down when you're like drinking and it's loud and things like that. But it was still, they're great people. But I felt like I didn't start becoming really close with these girls until COVID hit. And instead we were using our time to go on long walks or just like go and watch like movies together. And Interesting. Like, yeah. And that's how I, like, I felt like that's when I started getting really close with them. Because then I think I started opening up, you know, and being more myself. So that took a while. That took a while. So like those were my later in life friends. So do you think it took not having the alcohol or do yeah. you think it was just, uh, I don't know, just after length of time? A mixture I think of both. Just, I think just quality time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. We still like also went out and we still, you know, we still do. Don't get me wrong. We were a good time, but that's not, I feel like when I got really close with them, it was during COVID. Yeah. Because I got in the walks. The, they've been so inclusive with me meeting their families because like, oh, their families live in Boston. And it's just like, then you kind of, I don't know. Everyone's just so, I'm just very blessed with people that surround, who I surround myself with. And someone recently told me this and that made me, it felt me, it made me feel a little emotional. Um, but she said, 
who you surround yourself with is a mere reflection of you. Yes. And I just was like, wow. And it brought me back to your wedding. And when we were getting ready, um, for all the listeners, I was in your wedding, you were in Annie's wedding. It was a very big honor. And that afternoon we were all getting ready with Annie and it was the most like peaceful, calm, everything. And it was like everyone in that room was so close to Annie. It was just like, that was like, oh, wow. Like, that's like such a reflection of Annie. And I'm like, oh my God, but Annie's such a great person. She's awesome. And then I'm like, wow, you're also a good person, Kristen. You're great. You know, like in my head. And I'm like, you know, to be, have really great friends is a lot. It says something. I don't know. I'm blessed to have everyone in my life. So That's what I've been thinking is you've said multiple times. I have such good people in my life. I have such good people in my life. And it's like, there's a reason why. You know what I mean? I hope so. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It doesn't just happen because a lot of people that you talk to don't have that. A lot mm-hmm. of people I talk to don't have that. Meeting your work friends' families, that's rare. I know. They're the best. They're the best. Not everybody does that. A lot of people, it's just, hey, mm-hmm. hi. Well, it's funny because they're not really work friends. I mean, now they all have left my agency, but they, they're my friends. Friends forever. And... I don't know. It's something to come by because you're always going to have friends in different stages of life. Right. So I had my friends growing up and I'm still very close with them and it's awesome. And I'm very blessed to have those group of girls. Um, and then college and I had my college friends and my tennis friends. And then I moved to Boston and it's like, yeah, you have your roommates and those are my friends. And, but then to make friends through work, you know, and to then actually become really good friends is like, that's huge. How do you do it? Do you like message them a bunch? Like, how do you get to the point to where you're seeing their family? Because I've had work friends, but I don't know if I've ever met their families before. Yeah. So shout out to Diala. Uh, my friend Diala is Syrian and she was raised in Saudi. Um, but she and her sister went to school out um, at BU, Boston University. No. Yeah, Boston University. Because there's Boston, there's Boston College, Boston University, BU. And her parents are always were living over there, but her dad actually came to the States to go to school at Mizzou. Hmm. So when he, um, and her mom's from Texas, but the story is her parents now live back in Boston because her and her sister live there. And when he found out that I had friends that went to Kansas, he was like, oh my God, I have to meet her. Like, wow. blah, blah. And then I don't know how it all came about because they used to live all in the same apartment complex. Um, DL and her parents and her sister. So I think it was one night he just came up when we were like, we had like a Galentine's brunch or something. And he's awesome. He's the best. Did you say go KU? Yeah. <laughs> he loved it though. He was so funny. And so I don't know, over time, it was kind of like, we've had dinner over there. We went to a Red Sox game one time. And then my other friend, Isabel, her parents live in Massachusetts. And she's always welcoming me over to her mom's house. I don't know. I would usually go meet her there sometimes at her mom's and we'd go on walks and or have coffee talk in the little courtyard. But yeah, it's an honor. I mean, that's an honor. Yeah. Their family's always just so welcoming. And and then one of my roommates I lived with for all four years of living out there, um, her, her name's Emily and she was very welcoming and her family's become basically like another honorary family. So I don't know. I've just always kind of been brought into that. That's awesome. I guess I never really thought about that until now I'm talking it through. But yeah, it's rare because I have I worked for a big corporation for a while and I never went to anybody's family's house. Wow. And then the year before that, I worked for another big corporation 
also didn't go. University, I didn't really. A little bit I did. That's something I need to do more of. And that's something that our society, like Western United States, mm-hmm. we don't do that well. We'll move after college, we'll move and go live by ourselves mm-hmm. or go live with like a roommate, mm-hmm. which I prefer the roommate over by yourself. But you don't live with your family. And that's one of the cool things that I think you've been able to do is there is no guidebook for how we navigate life after college. Mm-hmm. They say get a job and then you find a partner and then you build a family. But that, like, it's like, well, what job do I get? What partner do I get? When do I build a family? Where do I live? There's all these questions. Mm-hmm. So being able to navigate that at your own space, at your own pace, in a way that feels good to you, mm-hmm. which is one of the things I love because right now you're in Wisconsin, you were in Boston, you've been myself i i've you know we all have our little curvy bendy paths and it's interesting when we reflect on that yeah i mean i'm still working through that um trying to appreciate the season of life i'm in and to also stop comparing because yeah it's just not everyone's on the same trajectory and like you know same playbook um i'm still fighting through that so it's hard, but then they have really good days, and I'm like, yeah, it's totally fine, and we're 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 moving and grooving. Like this past week, I was like, I feel really happy where I'm at right now. Like it's there's there's a reason why my season's like this. It's there is a reason, and I followed my gut to go back to Wisconsin, and there's a big reason I have to trust that and to trust my intuition. You know, part of you feel like you were not living up to what you should be living up to by yeah. coming back home. Yeah. It was kind of, you know, I I, mo- I made my my move to Boston. It was a very, I might as well snap, very like snap reactionary. Judgment. I moved within three weeks, like literally put my two weeks in. I, my roommate at the time, Emily, yeah, they had a place lined up. It Did you was have just, a job already? No. So that's kind of like all divine timing in a way. Um, no job lined up. I just trusted that it was going to work out. Uh, and my parents were like, oh my gosh, we're not supporting you. You have to really figure this out. And I thankfully landed where I work now. My first day was September 27th. Then I moved out there September 1st. So I literally like got an interview. The same month. Yeah. And the reason why I got hired though is because they were filling a role for someone that was going to maternity leave. So it was actually, I was a temp. I was I was BJ from the office. I was, I was temp. <laughs> and, um, but they kept me, they stuck me around. And so I go to hide on six months later. And now here I am. I'm still there with them. And they're amazing. And everyone I work with is the literal best. Like, I can't, I would take a lot of pride in my my agency. But um, I don't know where I was going with this. Well, you were talking about. I was just saying how, oh, when I moved, it was just, I just was living. I was just like, I never moved. And if I don't do it now, I'm never, I'm never going to do it. That's what, that was my mentality. I was like, I have no strings attached. Like, just do it. And I took a chance and it was great. Because you're what, 24, 23? I was 23, yeah. And I, I've met all amazing people and there was a great period in my life, those four years. It was actually very, in COVID hit. But it's really taught me. The past four years, I feel like I've done a lot of my growth. I'm still, I mean, I'm always growing. I'm still growing. And, but I'm a totally different person than I, than I was even like last year. I was a totally different, I'm a totally different person than I was. I mean, 
I feel like as as everyone should be in a way. How so? Um. Well, what I want out of life is different. I'm starting to really start like as you get older and you kind of now I'm kind of like freaking out. Like where like where does where do I see my life kind of going? But I think that's why I moved home to kind of slow down because I was kind of up in this city life cycle and it just kind of came to a point where like what is what do I want where do I want to live where do I want to move how do I want to move where when it's just like it made the most sense to just take a step back and I thought about it for almost a year like over six months definitely so I know that wasn't a decision I just instantly made it wasn't something how when I first moved out there you know like this was something I really thought about and I trust my mom's gut a lot. My mom's never wrong. And, you know, she never is. She never, I mean. Mom knows she, best. She knows best. So I don't know. I just kind of was like, I got to follow that. And when I was getting a lot of support from my siblings, even from my like, brother and my parents, it's like, they were like, you're, no, you're totally doing the right thing. So you were thinking about it for a while. Was yeah. there a moment that pushed you over the edge? No. No, I mean, I think I had my meltdowns, though, of like, what am I going and what am I doing? And, and thankfully, my um, I have a lot of great mentors and people in my life and a great support system that every single person was like, you know, people even from later in their 50s are like, you're never going to know what you're doing. You're never like, there's always something that's going to hit you and life's going to hit you with eight balls. Like it is. It's just like that you don't, they're never going to have a plan. And if you have a plan, it's going to change in a way something's gonna you know shake it up and it's just the way how you handle it and like you never really know so that's something i'm still like understanding trying to understand because i think when it comes to the consistency my strengths it can really um i think when i'm not i have this reassurance of something you know yeah that's hard yeah because your strength is consistency Mm -hmm. meaning you are able to maintain a pattern of behavior over a period of time yet due to that you also would like to have some predictability Mm -hmm. and it's hard whenever you don't know what the future looks like Mm -hmm. and then you freak out and then it's like okay come back to earth you're okay everyone goes through this and it's again i still talk to some of my friends that are a little bit older than me that like again if someone's trying to buy a house and they're trying to do this they're like i have no idea what i'm doing or like i'm freaking out because i don't know this and it's Everyone goes through it. I don't know, you know, and I have to, I just, I'm starting to really see that more often now. And I love that you're talking about it because everyone goes through it. And guess what? They don't talk about it. Yeah. Cause <laughs> right? then I think, cause we all think people have their, their stuff, their shit together. Sorry. Am I allowed right. to swear? No, go for it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't, I haven't had many people swear. So it's kind of like, well, I won't say like any F bombs or anything, but feel free to. <laughs> no. It's... My, my approach is people can swear. I don't, but that's just my personal style. There are some people who are really good at it. Mm-hmm. Some people know how to cuss at the right moment and it adds effect. And well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think not everyone has their shit together, you know? Mm-hmm. And when someone is like being vulnerable and opening up and being honest and true and you can relate to that, you're like, wow, okay, you know? And if you do have your shit together, kudos to you, you know? Just wait. Just wait. <laughs> the eight ball's coming. <laughs> the eight ball's coming. It's about to roll in the pocket. Oh my God. It just got hit by the by the cue, and it's it's rolling in the pocket. I just lost a game of pool a couple hours ago because I hit. A oh, ball. you're playing a pioneer. Yeah, I hit a ball in the pocket that I wasn't supposed to when I was going for the eight ball. Hearing you talk about this is so relatable, mm-hmm. and the reason why is like you said, 
whenever we feel like we have our stuff together, it's temporary because there are moments where we don't feel like we have our stuff together and it's so convincing that we don't. And then there are moments whenever we feel like we do and that's really convincing. Mm -hmm. I was listening to this podcast and they said, don't make any decisions whenever you feel like you have your stuff together or whenever you don't. Make decisions in the middle because it's like whenever you graduate from your master's degree, though a lot of people will be like, this feels great. Let's go get a PhD. (laughs) Annie. (laughs) Yeah. Because they're super high, right? And Annie was thinking about getting a PhD well before before master's degree. Exactly. But the feeling of, man, this is really nice to climb this mountain. Let's go climb one that's twice as tall. And then once we are a quarter of the way up the mountain, we're like, what were we thinking? You know, like it's hard Mm. to make decisions whenever we're at the high, high. And then at the same time, it's really hard to make decisions when we're at the bottom. Mm. Like don't decide what you're going to do with your life whenever you're in a depressive state, you know, whenever you're in a spot where you can't leave your house. It's like, let's get stuff together. Let's Mm -hmm. get consistency back up and running. Then let's make decisions. So coming home from going out and moving to the big city, Mm -hmm. I'm sure there were feelings that... What what were the feelings? Of coming back? Of coming back. Feeling like a failure. Yeah. Or feeling like you don't really know what, like what, what's, like I don't have, I'm comparing, comparing. Like there are certain things that it's like, wow, I don't, I don't have that. But again, taking a step back, if I'm going to have that mindset, then I'm not going to have it. And I'm not going to create that. So it's like now I'm really you know, I've, I am a positive person and I have to remind myself that and remind me. And that's why, you know, even more so lately, it's just remind myself all the blessings I have that like, there's a huge reason why I moved home. There's a huge reason. I mean, like I'm never going to get this time back from the parents. Cause like a lot of people moved home during COVID That's right. where like their leases were up or they moved home. I didn't do that. I still stayed out there. Did you think about it? No, no, we were, we were you're chilling chug along. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I ne- when I moved out to Boston, I had no plan. I was like, I don't know how long I'm going to be out there. Maybe I'll be out there for a year. I was out there for four, but it was a good chapter. I like to look at my life in chapters, kind of. You know, like, it's, you know, high school was four years. College was four years. Um, Boston was Boston four years? Boston was four years. So that was kind of like my my quarter. In 20 years, you'll be the president for four years? No. <laughs> it's another chapter that I'm looking forward to. You mentioned feeling like a failure in self-comparison. What do you do when you're in the middle of self-comparison? Like, how do you go, Chris, go get out of this? The gratitude. Oh, the gratitude. Like really right. putting forth gratitude. And and I can't take total, like, um, what's the right word? I can't. Like you're saying you don't have it 100% figured out? No, I'm saying like uh, people, people have helped me get to the way this mindset. Like I can't take a hundred percent like credit for credit. Like I have a lot of people in my life that are like gratitude is the biggest thing about, you know, appreciation, you know, and my, one of my coworkers, shout out to Aaron. Um, he always says this, appreciate you. I appreciate, he doesn't even say sometimes I appreciate you. He just appreciate you. Appreciate you. And just to think appreciation, really putting forth gratitude and appreciation. So like, for example, the other day, my dad, was putting together this toy. We're fixing something for my niece, Raina. And I just went over there, I don't know, just nonchalantly and started helping him. And then it was just him and I working together. In my mind, I thought, okay, it's kind of like a little core memory, like fixing something with my dad. 
you know, like just little things that I started appreciating and I'm starting to really open and recognize that. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to look back on this and be like, I used to always help my dad help, but you know, work on things, Mm -hmm. you know? Another thing is I've been really grateful for my friends, you know, coming out here, I was really looking, obviously leading up to this, really looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. Cause every time I'm here, it's like time stops. And I, you know, spent time with Annie this morning and I'm just really grateful for my friends and the people that I surround myself with. So anyway, yeah, I just think the big thing is trying to change your mindset and put forth gratitude and appreciation. And that helps. That's been really helping and just really appreciating the season. And my sister said recently when I had, you know, kind of thinking, I think I was kind of in the dumps of like, I don't know what I'm doing and I have no plan because I still don't have a plan. She was like, you really need to appreciate the season of life you're in because if you don't water your grass, it's not going to grow. So. You better water that grass. Better water. You got to water that grass. Why do you think you would have felt like a failure? I think because I didn't have certain things, at least that I thought I would at this, at this age, being married, um, buying a house, like, maybe starting a family because it's like we grow up in the Midwest and like that really is kind of the mindset I grew up in that that was going to happen. And, you know, I did go to a big city though and people are getting married later in life and it's different. And I have, and I don't know, like I know all my friends were always single, all of them. Like not, I never really, I think only now recently some of my friends started getting married, but I don't know. I think that's how I started feeling like you don't have these things. So you, like, it just gets in your psyche that it's like that, negativity like if you don't have these things you're not successful you're not you're not worthy of it or whatever but it's like no i i am worthy of it and it's just gonna happen what's gonna happen my brother-in-law always tells me that you can't and your life's never gonna be at the same path as someone else but really you know there's always gonna be something and you're always gonna be some maybe comparing yourself a little bit but yeah yeah i feel that way too with with this podcast i'll feel that way there's this, there's these two teenagers and they made this podcast. They made a podcast at the same time that I was making mine. Mm. A month ago, I was watching their posts and they made this post saying, we just surpassed a hundred thousand downloads. And I was like, what? I'm nowhere near that. And there was part of me, I was like, hmm, what's going on? And then I'd see them do Instagram ads and Mm. then I would see them do these posts about being on jets and it it became clear to me that they had a lot of money and that Mm. they were using the money to grow the podcast. Mm -hmm. And just recently I saw that they signed with some big publisher. So now they are partnering with agents to book their guests and then whenever they do have guests on more than likely they're going to be these high profile guests because those guests will have agents and they'll Mm -hmm. be on media tours and all that stuff. And it really makes me think to myself like, wow, that's so interesting. We started at the same time and then they are well beyond me Mm -hmm. whenever you think about metrics. But then I've had people reach out to me who started before me and they're asking me questions like, Hey, how'd you do this? How'd you do that? And it's so funny how we get caught up in this because it's not transparent. What's transparent with those with those two teenagers is they'll put this Instagram post up saying, oh, we have this many downloads. You know, it's like, oh, wow. And the people who you see who, who are your age mm-hmm. and they're married 
Mm-hmm. That's transparent because you saw those wedding pictures and they looked so happy. But all the stuff that isn't visible is stuff that you may have already figured out and they're trying to. And that's the funny part about the human experience is that, like you said, we're never the same never. as somebody else. We may have gotten 10 grand. We may have 10,000 more dollars in our bank account, mm-hmm. yet we may also be grieving because a loved one just got diagnosed with ALS, you know? And it's like, we have no idea what people What's are going, going through. Yeah. But it's so funny that we still compare ourselves to I one know. another. I think it's also like our digital age that we live in. But yeah, that's that's some to piggyback off that. You never know what's going on in someone's life. They are behind closed doors. And sometimes you could even be the someone's closest friend and maybe not know if they're not being totally honest or truthful, you know? And some I don't know. Everyone's going through stuff. Everyone. And I have to remind myself that too. That I, it's not just me. But, you know, I'm in my lifeboat and my boat's floating. And it's going and it might be a different stops, but it's still flowing. It is flowing. Mm -hmm. So what would you say to someone who's like, man, I'm 26 and people are buying houses, but I'm not. I'd be like, oh my God, you're 26. You're fine. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be like, oh my gosh. At what age are they not fine? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe ask me in a couple of years. Um, No. Yeah. I mean, I that's the thing I have to remind myself is what would I tell someone? What what advice? Like I need to be taking my own advice and my advice would always be like, you're fine. Like just keep, you know, jogging along and putting effort and doing you. And, and I have to remind myself that too. I'm getting better at it. I hope so. Like you asked me, what would you tell a friend? Yeah. But yeah. I said, well, what would you want? Like, what would you tell a friend? And like, think about it that way, you know? And I was like, well, I'd say this to a friend. And you're like, well, say it to yourself. Yeah. Then. Because your brain doesn't, the subconscious is so powerful, but you, you really, you need, we need to be more positive with it because if we're just feeding it negativity and anxious thoughts and it's like, start spiraling, it's more like you could turn it around and really start. They say sometimes you have to just be a little bit delusional when you're manifesting. It's more just like, really believing what you have you know yeah so so what does that look like for you whenever you're talking about manifesting how do you do that oh my gosh i'm no pro i'm no pro my sister grace is super spiritual uh-huh. um she's taught me a lot a lot of other people have taught me a lot but from what i'm learning is that because there's manic manic manifesting manic 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 manifesting is like when you're doing all the things you're saying your prayers you're you're meditating you're doing your things right but nothing's happening it's because like you're not actually surrendering to god's plan or the universe um you're not letting go you're actually holding up roadblocks so something i'm trying to learn is to really like let go and flow and be at ease and just trust trust so again so i think i said this to my sister like a month ago sometimes she said the same thing you just gotta trust i'm like how do you trust how (laughs) you know and i think it's just like we finally let it be i don't know how you let it be just really believe that it's gonna happen and it's gonna work out and um yeah with manic manifesting or I don't know anything right here. 
I remember there was a moment where I had just gotten dumped. I was sitting on my front porch, bawling, crying. And my mom was next to me. And I was pouring my heart out. And she told me, you just need to let go and let God. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. It is true. And in the moment, I was like, seriously? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> like I, I, you got anything else? Like, <laughs> I need something more constructive than that. Yeah. Because whenever we hear that, you just need to trust. You just need to let go. You just need to. You're just like, okay, but how? Right. <laughs> totally. It's not in our heads. It's not practical. Yes, it is the truth. But practically, I wonder what that looks like. Mm -hmm. I know it depends on each situation we're in. Mm -hmm. But it does raise the question, and I'm curious. I go, hmm, I wonder what things like that look like. Mm -hmm. Let me think about this. Whenever I think about the word manifesting, what it takes my mind to is it's really hard to know what we want, Mm. like what we truly want. Like people will ask you, what's your dream job? Do you have a dream job? I think I said this to Annie earlier that maybe later in life I could see myself doing something with whether it's a boutique or some kind of business, but I don't know what that looks like. So, but I don't necessarily, I don't know if I have a dream job. I have a lot of skill sets. Right. So it's hard. And I am very creative, but I'm also very organized. And I have, I think maybe a little jack of all trades. Yeah, but I want to be in more of something that's a creative, like I could see that's a bite, like creative later. industry. Yeah. So you're a Renaissance woman. You can do a little bit of everything. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, that's your goal. Yeah. So, like, with that being said, it can be hard to know what your dream job is. And I know me for a long time, I would always answer, I don't really know mm-hmm. because it's hard to know what we want, what we really want to do. Whenever we're dating, we can maybe someone's attractive maybe someone makes us laugh but it takes a really hard time for us to learn what do we actually want in Out somebody person, yeah yeah like wh- our partner and um yeah what, what do you want to build your like? life with right what what type of life do i want to build whenever you're house shopping and you go right you go and you look at all of these houses and you will walk in the house and you're like i don't really like that but it's like well what do i want in a house and your realtor will ask you what are you looking for? And you're like, hmm, what mm-hmm. am I looking for? And we we begin to see it's really hard to know what we want. Mm-hmm. And it takes a long time. It takes a ton of life. Mm-hmm. And we learn like, ooh, I didn't like that job. Ooh, I didn't like that guy. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that girl was not cool. And we, like trial and error, and we start to dial things in. And then once we get to that point, we really know what we want. Then if we truly believe that, and if we... Mm-hmm shape everything around that like we do start to see things come about which is so interesting but it's like a big perspective thing and there's a lot of things that contribute to it but it's fascinating yeah i've learned from friendships from being actually a bad friend in the past and i've like you know when they say friend breakups i've had that happen to me and i was like i couldn't really grab my mind around it and obviously you're young and you're immature and you're just like But then when that friend was like, basically like, you're not being a friend to me. Like, I can't have you in my life and cut me out. And for her, like, because she was putting up boundaries, which it's like, wow, like, no, great. No, like you need to do that. And that was like kind of devastating, but also, you know, you're in high school and it's just like, whatever. But then it came to a point where like, I just one day 
apologized and she was like that's all I wanted you to say and then now we're still really great friends and like I'm very grateful to have her in my life but she's taught me that specific scenario that situation that you can't yeah like I would I was an insecure person and I would project and um and I didn't treat people all the great this because I wasn't treating myself great because that's how I was feeling inside I wasn't feeling great about myself and I was projecting and I was hurting people in the process of it. And she really, that specific scenario is like, you can't treat people that way. But what does God do? God will continue bringing other things in your life if you're not going to learn your lesson. And it happened to me again in a situation and with a person. And now more than ever, it's like, no, like I know that. And that's just years ago, right? Like over 10 plus years ago now. It's like, but it's really shaped me into who I am to like be a better friend and to um, treat people with respect, but also it's because I've grown to really love myself. I hope at least I do. And um, mm-hmm. that's projection. You know, it's like how you feel about yourself is how you treat others. Mm. And um, just be a good friend. And it's okay to make mistakes. And it's okay that to admit you made mistakes and be accountable for them. You know, I think that's a big thing is just being accountable. I mean, sometimes you got to go through that humility, uh, which is, in the moment it's like Ugh, do i really have to face this but i think at the end it makes you stronger again there's a lot of gifts of the holy spirit humility charity and but yeah just, yeah it, that's what i've kind of learned if people can ever come out of it is that i mean listen i have really great people in my life still that know me from when i wasn't probably right. the nicest person and when i would project so it's just like i don't expect like people are in my life for a reason who they're meant to stay there but it's like, I don't, I'm sure people in the past are like, oh my God, she's the worst or she's not a nice person. She's the, you know, and I have to remember that like, okay, well, they knew me at a different time. So friend breakups. Yeah, friend breakups. I hadn't breakups. thought of that, that. Yeah, I know, right? It happens. Do you think that's cool? Is it okay to break up with a friend? I think it's okay to recognize when you're not growing. and But it's not necessarily a break. Like sometimes people don't need to have an official like, you're not my friend anymore. Like that was more just a situation that happened luckily we're all friends we're good now but i think as you get older and you grow apart it's okay sometimes you're not going to grow with your friends and again some people you surround yourself with is a mere reflection of you so like you know there was a period in my time in my life that i just wasn't my best self and like i don't know if i'm really growing with those friends and that's okay that doesn't mean that we're like not friends they're always going to be in my life some part and like when we see each other pick up where you leave it off but that's why i'm really grateful that i have my deep 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 core friends that i have and you created boundaries for those relationships i think so or maybe they created boundaries with me too <laughs> yeah but they went up yeah yeah mm-hmm. but i've just learned a lot i've i've something my sister grace said this like months ago she's like you just have so many friends in a good way she was saying it like positively and it's a lot to keep up with but I just try to just be myself and be natural. And one of the things to be a good friend is like show up. Doctor, shout out, Doctor Hall. Continue, continue showing up and um, continue showing up. Just be yourself. Be a good person. You know, it's okay to make mistakes, but I'm just grateful to have everyone and all the support I have for my friends in my life. How are you signing off? How am I signing off? I guess <laughs> yeah. that's what I'm signing off. Um, how am I signing off? Just be you. Be true. Be you. Be true. <laughs> no one could have said it better. Well, thank you for being here. Thanks, Chris. This was so wonderful. 
I hope to be invited back someday. Oh, number two. Yeah. Guest spot you number two. I like that. I like that. Do you? Th- I wonder if it'll be like in its own studio. We'll see. Regardless, this is great. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. You're, you're an awesome job. Hey. Boom. Proud of you. Found it. Be you, be true. And we will see you next time. Okay. Bye. And that's it for this week's episode of the Talk to People podcast. Again, thank you for being here. If you enjoyed it, like it, subscribe, rate, and talk about it. Talk about the Talk to People podcast. We believe that life is better when you talk to people. So use this as an assignment and go talk to somebody, connect with them, share your story, and listen to theirs. Have a great week, y'all.